with investments, I think one thing that it can cause is just a, a lot of stress, anxiety, and fear. But it, it actually doesn't really matter for most people unless you're retired or on the doorsteps of retirement. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Disclaimer alert. This information's for education, so don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor, because that's way more legit. That's it. That was Orlando Gomez, and you can catch him in Season 3, Episode 4, on how he broke into tech by writing a jingle. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. This is actually going to be kicking off Season 4.0 of Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, so I'm excited to get this going. I was planning to get started right after tax season, but tax season was a beast, as well as businesses have been growing in and little kids have been growing. So it's been a good time over here. Excited to kick off season 4.0. And today I'm going to be talking about something that's probably top of mind for most people. The stock market has been taking a very brutal hit. I know people that are in cryptocurrency are also feeling a lot of pain there as well. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about today, specifically as far as what a recession could mean to you. Because I think a lot of people think and worry about things and some of them might actually be worth worrying, but a lot of them might not be. And so we'll be able to address some of those concerns. The biggest thing I want to kind of just bring up up front is that anything we talk about today is just for informational purposes only, not to be used as specific recommendations. I have clients that if I meet with them specific one-on-one, their recommendations are going to be specific to them, but in a mass production where I kind of kick out a video and that video is going to be sitting out there forever, I can't really take this as pure advice for your specific situation. So with that said, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to talk about why why are things kind of the way they are right now? And it's actually quite a, a few things, right? There's the war going on in Ukraine. Interestingly, not, not being talked about too much right now, but that's still something that's probably weighed people and the markets and things like that. Inflation was something that we saw coming quite a while ago. So back in October, I think is when the alarm started going off that, hey, things are costing more. And every single month is like, yep, yep, still costing more, costing more, costing more, all the way up until now. So for the last, what's it been now, seven, eight months, inflation's been something totally aware of. Businesses have been aware of it as well. But I think the new thing that just started dropping this week was the inflation's hitting the business's bottom line too. It's not necessarily the fact that businesses are not growing at all, or even that they're not making money. Businesses are still making plenty of money. It's just they're not growing from that previous year or that previous quarter as fast as they were expecting. It's because inflation actually gets passed on not only to just consumers, but also businesses as well. So that's some of the reason why you see some of the pain going on in the stock market today. Um, Also, interest rates are going up. So (laughs) there's quite a few things going on right now that just kind of has people a little worried, a little on edge, and, and that includes investors, whether they're large, large hedge funds or just simple people like you, me, my clients, and things like that. So interest rates have been impacting things. It means that, hey, money used to be practically free for all intents and purposes. Just the, the low rates it was at meant that companies could borrow for super cheap and grow as fast as they wanted to. 
It meant that venture capitalists could borrow money and invest in companies and allow those companies to try to grow for them as well. So there's just a lot of borrowing, a lot of investment and growth going on. And those things have definitely been hamped of recently with interest rates increasing. So those are the, the big whys as far as these things going on. Also with, with some of this stuff, some of the fallout is, hey, we're starting to see layoffs from some of those companies that used to be high growth companies just last year. And now it's like, hey, growth is not as great as it was last year. And so now we, we need to actually start peeling back some of the layers of expenses and employees and things like that. So that, that kind of highlights really the biggest risk to anyone with a recession, with stock markets going down, that stuff doesn't really matter unless you end up losing your job. So that's really by far the biggest risk. Being unemployed at a time when it's tricky to find new employment because jobs are kind of being peeled back a little bit and hiring slowing down, there's hiring freezes, pay raises might not be as high or as hefty or as recurring as they've been in the past. I have seen quite a, a few huge pay raises just within the same company for a lot of my clients. And yeah, those things will slow down for sure. So you'll feel some impacts even with the, the slower salary increases, maybe not getting the bonuses that you typically have seen the last couple of years, but really it's going to be that unemployment. That's really where it will hurt and it'll hurt really bad until you find something. So I'll talk a little bit later as far as different tips and areas that you can think about in order to kind of bridge the gap, make sure that you can do everything that you can within your control. At the end of the day, worrying about these things that may or may not happen, worrying itself is not going to serve you at all. It's going to be, hey, let's get an action plan. Let's get some things in place so that you can rest peacefully at night. And if these things do come, ultimately, you know that you already kind of have a plan for those things. So besides employment, yes, investments have been falling. Uh, people have been feeling it. If they look at the, their investments, if you work for a uh, uh, big popular tech company. One interesting thing that this kind of highlights specifically in this situation, it doesn't happen all the time like this, but specifically high growth companies, companies that are probably top of mind when you think about, oh, if I could invest in a company, it'd be one of these big head honchos, big, big companies that you know are new or growing, been growing rapidly. And it's things like Netflix, Amazon, Tesla, even Coinbase. These, these companies started out with a very high price range about a year ago, and now they felt it a lot worse than a more diversified portfolio. So some of these things have fallen 50% from their all-time high. Some, some might even be higher than that. I've just seen crazy numbers, 50%, 60%, 70%, 30%, like big chunks of these high growth companies, tech companies that you think, oh, yep, if I had to bet on anyone, I'd bet on this company just because you're going by gut or just what you see in the news is might not be grounded by, well, reality of where these companies are going to be in the next few years. And so those companies have been getting beat the most. It definitely speaks to diversification a lot more than what people have been <laughs> having to do in the past. The last handful of years, you just pick one stock and yeah, they've actually been running away and been doing really great. With these single companies though, when they lose value and they lose value significantly, there's no guarantee these companies are coming back. I'm sure a handful well, they'll come back bigger, stronger, but some of these companies might just disappear here in the next few years, or they might stick around and just their stock never recovers. And so that's, that's one downside of not being diversified, being overexposed in any particular company is that, yeah, they just might not come back. 
uh, with a diversified investments. Again, this is not specific recommendations. I can't predict the future, but I, I do feel fairly confident that the stock market will ultimately go back to the all-time high and, and pass the all-time high. I don't know if that's going to happen quickly, if it's going to take a couple of years, but that's the one thing I can say I have a lot more confidence in over any of these other single tech companies that have really lost a significant amount of value in a very short period of time. They, they may not recover, but, and obviously some, some of them will, some of them won't. That's kind of how numbers and probabilities work with a lot of these things. So uh, diversification, I think it speaks a lot to that. With investments, I think one thing that it can cause is just a, a lot of stress, anxiety, and fear. But it, it actually doesn't really matter for most people, unless you're retired or on the doorsteps of retirement. If you don't need those investments here in the next two to five years, like I, I would be sleeping peacefully at, at night, regardless of what's going on today, tomorrow, or even the, the next year or so, because uh, these things are going to be bouncing around. It's, it's not something you actually are going to be impacted by because you weren't planning on touching these funds anyways. This goes back to really that unemployment is going to be the biggest pain piece. So the investments actually aren't going to matter. And for anyone that's employed, anyone that's actively making 401k contributions, throwing money into their child's 529 account, anyone that's making these investments every single month, every single paycheck, you're actually going to be better off as long as you maintain employment and you can keep doing those things, better off for these things being temporarily at a discount. So in a lot of ways, I have to remind my clients like, yes, it doesn't feel good right now, but a lot of my clients, 20, 30, 40, there, there's a high probability these things will be back when they needed to, when they're going to be retired. And so it's a big sale for them. They should actually feel really good as long as they stay employed, that they are actually getting good deals on these things as they are making those additional contributions moving forward. For people in retirement, they might have to be thinking about, well, what if maybe I'll push retirement another year or so, or at least wait to see how things recover here in the short term, or just say, hey, maybe I still really want to retire but I can do what's spending less. I can do what's putting off the vehicle purchase not to be this year. I can do it the next year or maybe people have plenty of money and it's just a, a thing where they have to decide, well, when are you going to buy your vacation home type thing? So they'll, they'll have to be a little bit more intentional, a little bit more thoughtful about those types of decisions if they were going to rely on their investments for those types of things here in the short term. Another popular question that comes up is, well, what about home prices? What about homes in a recession? How does that impact you? And it depends. If, if you're a current homeowner, it actually will have very little impact on you unless you can't afford the payments, which again, falls back to that unemployment situation. If you become unemployed, that might make it a little tricky to afford your payments. But if you can afford your payments, if you have an emergency savings, if you do become unemployed and you're able to ride this out until you land employment, being a current homeowner, it really doesn't matter what happens to the home prices. If your home price drops, you can still afford it. So you're fine. If the home price keeps going up like it's been the last handful of years, well, you still own the home. You're still fine. You can still afford the payment. So one people rest assured, anyone that owns current home, definitely fine. With people that don't currently own homes or if you're planning on selling your home, that does change a little bit as far as home values. I wouldn't expect a huge bubble to pop. I would say it's it's actually more likely that home values will continue to go up. Even back when COVID first started and there was all this unemployment, home prices actually went up. So just thinking that just because unemployment might start to tick up a little bit means that home prices are going to drop like a rock. It, historically, that hasn't happened. The only time it has was when really 
homes were the reason that we had a recession. It's no one was getting their financial stuff would get in anyone that's gone through a mortgage in the last at least three or four years that a lot of my clients have been assisting, been going through mortgages. They're asking for crazy details, recent pay subs. They are going to check, make sure you're still employed that day before you close on your loan. So it's not likely that home values will drop significantly. I'd be happy to be wrong. And my clients who are looking to purchase their first home can get a deal. It's just very unlikely. I wouldn't be betting on that, sitting on the sidelines for something like that to happen because realistically, it's probably not. Most likely thing is prices might not go up as quick or as crazy as they've been the last handful of years. Interest rates have increased. That's increased the pain of home affordability. So even if home prices don't increase, if home, if home interest rates, mortgage interest rates increase, that still means it costs more to purchase a home. So that could impact people that are looking to buy a home. If you have a, a fixed rate, 30 year mortgage, you already have your home. Doesn't matter if interest rates go up to you. It actually means that you've got a very good deal and, and you definitely don't refinance unless there's a, a huge reason to do something like that. So what can you do with all these different moving parts, these different things that could come up, could impact you in terms of recession with employment? I think that one thing that's overlooked, I didn't really find the benefits or know of the benefits of this stuff until later in my career, but networking, networking before you need a network. So even if you feel super secure now, you never know where just kind of reaching out to people that you've worked with in the past, someone you went to school with, someone that you see is doing something else that maybe you want to start moving it towards that line of work, just network, start to, to get to talk to people. Um, it's fun for one, but then it's also could just pay dividends in the future. If you find yourself unemployed or looking for a new opportunity, it's a lot easier when you're top of mind. And it's not like, oh yeah, I haven't talked to you in eight years and, and now you kind of need assistance. There's there's a lot of people unemployed. I'm going to talk to someone that I, I meet with or see on a more regular basis. So uh, networking is going to be important, super valuable. That's how most people get jobs these days. And that will definitely cut down any type of unemployment timeline that you might have. Level up skills, continuing your education. You don't have to go do two years or four years of school. A lot of times now you can just get kind of certifications. LinkedIn has stuff. Google has stuff. I think that's all like Facebook is coming out with different skills and certifications you can get. So there's a lot of opportunity out there to level up your skills and increase your probability and not only to get a job, but then get a higher paying job too. With the stocks, an action item you can think about and take is well, if you've had money sitting on the sides because you weren't sure what to do with it or you thought you wanted to invest a big chunk of money but just had been holding off, this is a good opportunity to do it. If you would have pulled the trigger six months ago, it would have been fine to do as well if it's a long-term investment. And I think that's a key piece is it, any, anything you invest in the stock market, unless you really want it to be a lot more risky, is have a long-term investment. If you're not planning on touching those funds for five to 10 years, there's a good chance you'll probably come around in uh, five years from now and be better off than you are today if you were to invest any additional funds. Some of my clients who were a little bit more risk averse over these last handful of years, as we've constantly been at all-time highs, we have invested more conservatively so they could sleep better at night. But this could be an opportunity if you're only going 70 miles per hour when you could be could have been going 100 miles per hour. Well, now there's a lot less risk. So you can actually dial up the risk in your portfolio and it's actually not that risky compared to, to what it was just six months ago. So if you've been taking less risk, this might be an opportunity to purchase shares on 
that are on sale at this point and get more exposure and get some more opportunities for growth at this point. So that's what you can do with the stocks there. With homes, current homeowners, the, the best thing you can do is to protect against kind of unemployment is home equity line of credit. So a home equity line of credit is a way for you to tap into the equity of your home. It's a line of credit, kind of like a credit card where you only pay interest on it if you actually need it. So if you don't become unemployed, if nothing crazy comes up where you need to tap into it, it's, it's just there. You might pay like a minimal $50 a year fee to have that peace of mind, have access to a big chunk of equity that most people will have in their homes if they've owned their home for a year or two at this point. If you've owned your home longer than that, then you have a ton of equity. So home equity line of credit means that, hey, you do become unemployed, unfortunately, and need to tap into to resources. You don't have to sell your home to tap into that home equity. You just are able to use that home equity line of credit when you need it and make sure you can bridge the gap until you land something that's more secure. So that's one of the biggest things you can do if you're a current homeowner. If you were not currently a homeowner and you're looking to purchase a home, I think the important thing to consider at this point is don't stretch yourself out too thin. If you don't have a large emergency savings, don't take on the biggest mortgage that the lender will possibly allow you to have. It, it wouldn't take too much for you to end up kind of finding yourself in a tricky spot. So just still look for opportunities to purchase a home. If it makes sense financially, definitely do so. It could add a ton of value and wealth to your, your family in the future. But don't stretch yourself to the point where if you're unemployed for a month, you're really in a tricky situation. It really throws you into a snowball of negative events financially. So just don't stretch yourself too thin is the, the takeaway for that one. Still, if, if you can afford it, go for it. Don't stretch yourself out too thin because you'll stress out about it all the way leading up to the home purchase. During the, the home ownership, you'll be stressing out because you're like, holy smokes, I'm like one, one paycheck or one other emergency happening in my life where all of a sudden I'll start getting behind on these things. Don't stretch yourself out too thin, especially if you're fearful that a recession may be coming here in the near future. So thanks for all of you who joined me today. I appreciate everyone for joining today. I will end this broadcast here in, in just a second. This is fun to kind of get back live and, and, and start to, to kind of get those wheels turning again, kind of like riding a bike, but still, still uh, probably a few more butterflies before I jumped on today, which I haven't had in a while doing videos in the past. So Yep, there's my mom thanking me. So that's awesome that you're able to join. And for anyone still kind of checking this out, my mom's going to be a future guest on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp Podcast. She's not a techie, but she is going to be my insurance expert. She'll be able to talk about all the, the different things that you probably are not aware of and probably should be in terms of protecting your biggest assets, and then also just protecting other things in your life that insurance can help with. So excited for that future episode as well. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.